Your employees expect top-tier medical benefits like comprehensive care access, but how can you balance these expectations against rising costs across your full benefits portfolio? Find savings and opportunities in your most highly utilized benefit, your pharmacy plan. Did you know that hospital employees fill 25% more prescriptions each year than other industries? How can you tell if all those prescriptions were needed or if you could have had significant cost savings by filling at your own hospital pharmacies? Tap into these opportunities with an independent pharmacy benefits partner and solutions designed around your unique requirements and resources. Rx Benefits provides pharmacy benefit strategies, from expert advisory services to programs that leverage your hospital pharmacy's purchasing power, all while offering competitive benefits with award-winning customer service. We've been working with hospitals for over 15 years, and our clients range from rural and critical access hospitals to large health systems, with healthcare-specific solutions that make the most of hospital assets and dispensing capabilities. Visit us at employers.rxbenefits.com or click the link in the show notes to learn how to boost your benefits with an optimized pharmacy plan. Bone Luke Nation, welcome. Welcome to this episode. We have a very exciting guest uh, in the studio with us today. But first, I'm your co-host, Bo Bravo. And in studio, I have Luke Kerrigan and our special guest, Trevor Brand. Trevor is the Chief Operating Officer at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. We really can't wait to get into this conversation with Trevor because his journey is super exciting. Trevor's passionate. He's results-driven. He likes to help solve issues in the healthcare industry. And as we all know, there are lots of issues in healthcare always because we're always driving for an overall patient experience that is truly focused on the patient, taking care of them to the best ability uh, possible, and everybody involved in healthcare uh, is doing that. So, Trevor, we are so excited to have you on the show. Welcome. Excited to be here. Thanks, uh, thanks you both for for having me on. Of course, we know this is uh, this is valuable time in your day. So, uh, start us out. Take us, take us. You know, give us your ninety second elevator pitch. Who is Trevor Brand? Yeah. So uh, again, appreciate you you both for for having me. As as you both have said, I'm, I'm Trevor Brand. I'm originally from small town right outside of Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, it's called Dixon. So if you're ever driving from Nashville to Memphis, don't blink. You'll you'll pass right by. Pass right by. <laughs> what is south, north, it east? It is west. From it is west. Yeah, it's west. Directly okay, west. You'll, got it. you'll run right into it. Um, just a little bit about my my healthcare journey. Um, I, I didn't really know I wanted to go into healthcare. I've got a mom who is a who's an LPN. Um, but didn't really love what what she did. She often just talked about the the hardships that comes with with a nursing background. But uh, unfortunately, I've had several family members that have either passed or um, unfortunately had uh, issues with access to care and, and many of the things that you hear about on a on a daily basis. And, and I wanted to I wanted to tackle that. Uh, so going into going into college, I, I kind of had an idea, but didn't really know where uh, my journey would lie. I thought I wanted to be a doctor, and, and realized pretty quickly I don't like blood or needles. Um, so I got away from that pretty, pretty quickly, but still wanted to make an impact and um, landed in landed in the administration world. So uh, I've been blessed to have a, a pretty fruitful career this at this point in, in my life and excited about what's to what's to come. But uh, that's a little bit about me. I, I love sports. I've got a, a beautiful wife and, and daughter uh, who is uh, wild most days. Um, but um, yeah, that's that's me. Awesome. So who you're rooting for uh, for the Super Bowl? <laughs> 
we'll we'll determine whether or not we yeah, so I'm, this I'm, a, I'm a Steelers fan. We're not we're not gonna make it this year. So oh. um I, they won though yesterday. That they was good did. Stuff. I'm, I'm hoping at this point we can just have a winning season. Mike Tomlin's never had a losing season, so I'd, I'd hate for this year to be the, yeah. the one. But um, we've we've got a tough road to get that accomplished. Yeah, I'm a Lions fan, so I feel <laughs> yeah. you. For yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, awesome. So I understand your journey to your your position that you're currently in, uh, where where you've been is pretty is pretty amazing. Can you tell us a little bit about yeah, that? Yeah, I, I can. So um, again, I didn't really know what path going into college or even coming out of it. Um, I, I knew healthcare was sort of a focus for me, but didn't didn't really know how. So uh, right after college, I worked at Enterprise Rent a Car for uh, a few years and, and liked it. I, I enjoyed what we what we did there. It's a tough job. Um, Many people talk about just enterprise and the, the management track that you that you take, but I knew I still wanted to go into into healthcare in some fashion. So I, I reached out to a to a friend and said, "Hey, I know you're in healthcare. Uh, what can I do to to be a part?" And he said, "Go back to school." So I did that, uh, enrolled at Georgia State. But uh, right before school started, which was interesting, there was a, a woman by the name of Angel Moore uh, who came in to rent a car, and. Um, so I was renting her car, doing my normal spill that you do. And she says, hey, I'm, I'm the CEO, CEO of uh, Erlanger Community Health Centers. So I just happened to say, hey, wow. I'm going back to school. Um, I'd love to just learn more about what you do. And she said, instead, how about you come in for an interview? So, OK. Huh. So a week later, I come in for an interview and she offered me a, a job that day um, as, as manager of, of outreach, which was a pretty, wow. pretty interesting job. Um Again, knowing really nothing about about healthcare outside of what I learned in in my undergraduate program, but uh, worked there for about two years while while going to to school. So I was driving back and forth from Atlanta to Chattanooga. It's about a two and a half hour drive every day for school. Um, so did that and then accepted a fellowship at at, at Erlanger, same hospital system, and uh, really accelerated from there. After after that, I, I joined mm-hmm. the current hospital system I'm with and have taken off since then. I think that's amazing. I heard for everybody listening, uh, what I love about doing this show, Trevor, is when, when people, you know, tell us their stories like that and, and that, that, that experience you had with the CEO, um, you know, I just heard you say you were, you were kind, you were aware of, of you, you, you were definitely aware of what she was saying and who she was and how that may have aligned to you in, in your future endeavors. Um, and you were humble and that you were asking questions versus saying, "Hey, I want to come work for you," yeah. right? It's a it's an incredibly different approach on how you uh, attracted her attention. Um, I think that's amazing. Yeah, it's a it's a, a big reason I, I, I attribute a lot of my successes to really that that moment. It was a pretty defining moment for me, and uh, I think without that first step, I may not be where where I am today. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, so let's pivot real quick. Um, when you talk about, you mentioned earlier, um, through your, through your story about access to access to care, Luke and I have talked about this with other guests. Um, and I think oftentimes, depending on how involved you are, um, even as a consumer of, of healthcare or from, from the patient perspective, um, oftentimes access to care can can be thrown in the insurance bucket. I, I don't have the insurance. The insurance won't cover it. But access, that's one part of it. But but true access, there's so many things involved. Absolutely. Right? Um, 
what are the types of things that you're doing at your organization to address access to health? Yeah, I, I love that question. And I, I'll say I'd, I'd be remiss if I didn't say we were recently a part of an acquisition. City of Hope Health System uh, purchased us back in February. And I think that's really rejuvenated what we've done and really given us a new lens, given us a new lens into what access truly means. So one of the things we're doing here, and there's a term that was coined by Robert Stone, our current CEO, uh, is really democratizing cancer care. Uh, and really what that means is everyone that deserves cancer care or everyone deserves it, but everyone that needs cancer care has uh, what access to that. So a lot of what we're doing is really figuring out ways to take cancer care to our patients. Uh, I'm situated right outside of Georgia, about 30 miles south of Georgia. And if you know the landscape of of the state, there's not really much below it, Atlanta in terms of uh, healthcare systems. There's plenty of rural there's plenty uh-huh. of rural hospitals. But when you think about those large health systems that you really need uh, in the event of an emergency, there's there's not too many. So a couple of things we're doing is, is really partnering with with rural health systems to uh, try to take cancer care to them. Uh, we're also just looking strategically at, at what places have a high incidence of cancer. How can we really take what we do here, bottle it up and take it to a zip code that's uh, that's near them? Uh, as you both have probably talked about in, in plenty of your episodes, uh, your zip code is really the determining factor for for your health. It's it's not really um, it, I guess it goes into income, but it really just ties down to your particular zip code. So we're attaching and, and understanding at a zip code level where are high incidences of cancer. Uh, where where are patients mm-hmm. where they can't really travel for their health care and how can we take what we do and take it to them? Trevor, how is how is labor playing into that as well? I know I know labor is just a giant issue. We keep hearing it pop up for all health systems. How's it affecting you and the access to care at cancer treatment centers? Yeah, it's 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 tough and it's interesting. I, I don't think we've ever not been in a, in a labor crisis. Um, there's been a labor crisis really for the last probably 20 years. Um, I was much younger when it when it first started, but I think uh, COVID accelerated that. Um, many people leaving the workforce, in particular medical oncology in my field, you see nurses that are, and I think good for them, but but taking uh, contract labor jobs where they can they can make more money and they're traveling all across. So it, it makes it difficult for us to really a- achieve that. I mean, here again, we're we're situated 30 miles south of Georgia, so uh, really attracting talent to a to a smaller town in many cases is, is difficult. But also we're in a we're in a labor market where uh, salaries are, are beginning to raise, uh, but we're getting less reimbursements on the hospital side. So being able to really sustain and take care of those uh, additional salaries has, has been difficult for us. We're, we're making it work. I mean, we're we're uh, unfortunately we have increased contract labor, which is not something we would we would love to have. But our main focus is how do we take care of the patient? So if, if we have to if we have to utilize contract labor to do that, if we've got to do different avenues, such as being creative and creating our own contract labor, if, if you will, we're, we're doing those things. I think yeah. that's great. I, I think that's, um, you know, you, you said it all in, in one statement, whatever you have to do to take care of the patient is where the focus is. And then that's, that's the, that's how you make the decisions, which I think is fantastic. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. Trevor, yeah. I want to, so looking at your LinkedIn here, it's like a rocket strip, like a rocket ship, like straight up in the air, right? Uh, what do you say to like coworkers that are trying to follow in that path? Because normally, I mean, we talk to a lot of folks on here. You've accomplished in six years, seven years, what like a lot of people do in like thirty, I would say. Uh, what what uh, what traits are there? Like, what do you do when you get up in the morning to make that happen? Because obviously it's, it's many days of hard work together, making the right decisions, uh, putting yourself in a position to be fortunate. Uh, but it's very difficult 
for people to accomplish. Uh, can you kind of give us insight into what you do every day to put yourself in that position? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, something that I've I've put together just over the last few years, and again, one of my passions is um, really helping people uh, to follow in my footsteps, if if you will, or or really advance in whatever their their career field is. But uh, I, I put together something called the six A's to advance your career, and uh, one of those things is just uh, the first A is kind of a, attaching yourself to to people that have that have been there before. Uh, so one of the things I've really been deliberate in and even do this still to this day uh, is making sure that I, I really build a, a true what I call a cabinet of just folks that I've, I've built around me that have been there before. Um, so sponsors, mentors, and and I, I actively reach out to those folks, I'd say, every every day um, just to understand, hey, I'm having this challenge. What would you do in this situation? Or really to say, hey, how are you, how are your kids doing? Um, how's how's everything going on in your in your life? Uh, one that I really do um, probably more so every day to get to the question, and it's another A, is to really accelerate your your learning curve. Um, I make it a point every single day uh, when I first wake up. Uh, one, I take time with my with my family and, and make sure that they're good for the day. But I set aside really five to ten minutes to read something, uh, to learn something more about my particular career field. Uh, so there's plenty of publications that are out there that I, I make sure that I, I'm tapped into or really understand or to really just get knowledge around a different a different challenge within healthcare. But I'd say the biggest thing for me is I, I really prioritize my work. And I've, I've been pretty decent at doing that and have learned that from from plenty of my mentors. But I really understand what's my what's my goal for the year and how do I synthesize that into a into a daily goal? Um, I'm, I, I like to say often I'm, I'm not <laughs> I'm a smart person, but um, I, I have to I have to put everything in threes or my brain will, will go all over the place. So I create really three daily goals every single day. And, and those goals always are attached to a, a broader strategic goal that I have for myself. But I prioritize those and make sure that I'm, att- I'm attacking those particular goals every single day. So I think small wins mm-hmm. eventually get you larger wins. That's amazing. I think that uh, I think you just nailed it. I think it's the whole it's the whole reason to um, to set a goal, set an objective, and then and then peel it back so that everything you do on a daily basis is somehow leading to that main objective that you want to accomplish that year. Uh, and if, then if you focus on each day, you'll you'll achieve. In the end, you you're either going to achieve that goal or you're going to surpass That's that right. goal. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think that's the most important part uh, about goal setting is you got to then walk it back. It's the reverse planning to where you get into the daily activity. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, Trevor, I would imagine you have found that. I mean, tell us, have you found that to like then help you stay focused in the day so you know what what is an actual distraction versus what activity is going to lead you to achieve the yeah it, it does again I, I i'm pretty deliberate in, in making sure that those three goals that i set for myself that i'm, I'm achieving those particular goals for the day so anything outside mm-hmm. of that and obviously in, in healthcare, it's no secret we we run into plenty of fire drills if you if you will that come up throughout sure. the day um, but i really try to make sure especially as i'm delegating is is this something that will help me achieve my goal for the day if not let me find the expert that really knows how to take care of this particular fire drill and delegate those those particular tasks um, so we, uh, I'm fortunate to be surrounded by plenty of what I would call experts that, that I get to work with. And many of the fire drills that we have, there's a better person to achieve that. And it may not be aligned with the three, the three to four things that I have for that particular day. Uh, so I try to keep the main thing, the main thing for that day and, and make sure that uh, those other tasks that, that come up throughout the day that we're delegating those to the appropriate folks. 
I wrote these all down, awesome. by the way. I'm going to be a better person. <laughs> my favorite one was uh, Accelerate Learning. Here's why it was my favorite. Five to ten minutes a day to learn something specific about your industry. Like, oh my gosh, is that something everybody can easily do? Like, I waste five minutes on stupid stuff, on clearing my inbox, archiving emails. More than five minutes? Sure. Way more. Uh but it's funny because like the amount of people that don't do that and then they struggle so much, uh, it could be just, you know, I, so what do you do? Do you just like hit up maybe a periodical or a website or just like look at the current events and you're like, oh, this is interesting about, uh, interesting about our industry and then read that. Or do you have a go-to? Like, what do you, uh, what's the structure? I have a few go-tos. Yeah. And it's, it's a, it's a good question. Um, some of my go-tos are obviously the, the Becker's report that comes out. Sure. There's, um, modern healthcare mm-hmm. that'll, that'll come out. I'm subscribed to those in my, in my email. So I get those pushed to me, to me every single day. But each of those will typically have 15 to 20 things that's going on in, in healthcare, And I'll click those. What I've sometimes found helpful, if I might read through Becker's or Modern Healthcare and say, I don't I don't want to read those things today. I just go to Google and type in today in healthcare, and and see what pops up. And you'll you'll learn quite a bit through doing that. Uh, and you'll, you'll have to sift through a lot of things that are, aren't necessarily something that'll really accelerate any learning curve. But um, it, it's it's really just a, a Google search. But. I try to find something and, and really understand what are my uh, areas of opportunity? Where do I have an opportunity to learn? And then uh, really jumping after that. I'd, I'd say number two, outside of just that, I'm, I'm a part of ACHE, which I'm sure you both have heard of. And uh, one of the big tenets of what they do is just making sure that you're always on this continuous learning path. Uh, so I'll check their website mm-hmm. often just to see what what different things are out there, what trends are out there. Uh, I join different executive development course cohorts and courses to make sure that I'm I'm advancing in, in that regard, but uh, I'd say in general, it's it probably comes down to Becker's and Modern Healthcare is where I get most of my five minute tidbits. That's cool. I bet it uh, yeah, sets cool. the tone for the rest of the day as well. You know, like uh, where you're you're kind of in a learning mode for the rest of the day, so you're probably like tuning your brain into being like, okay, I'm going to learn. Where if you don't do that, you know, I, I don't think even if it found you, like if it found you, you people like just don't absorb it. I yeah. noticed that. Well, I'll tell you how I got into it, which is which is interesting. I, I would always say I don't I don't have time to do something, and but then I would catch myself uh, playing a, a silly game on my phone for ten to fifteen minutes, and then I'd come back and say, mm-hmm. "Well, I did have time for that conversation. I just chose to do something else." So I, I've made it deliberate. It's even a it's even an alarm on my phone that says "Modern Healthcare" at the top. Um, so that could mean anything, but that's what that's what it means for me. So I, I literally take five minutes to go through that and. Uh, it's it's really helped me challenge myself to stop saying I don't I don't have enough time to do something. I think we all probably have the time to do one extra task. It's just how we prioritize it. Yeah, I would agree. I think that's a great example. Um, we had a guest on uh, early early in our show, Dr. Jeff McGee, written uh, over thirty books, about six or seven college textbooks, and he's a he's a leadership development um, expert and. The one book that I really loved, uh, one of his most more recent ones called The Traje- Trajectory Code, and, and it's all about increasing or doing better like 1%. Mm-hmm. Like your trajectory, if you can stay on that 1%, um, you'll stay on your path. Um, but then it's like you have to get into, well, what is 1%? It's, it's what is the tactic? What am I going to physically right. do that makes me just a little bit better today than I was yesterday? And I think you just gave a great example of that. Right. For you, the continuous learning five to 10 minutes, you're not talking about spending hours 
like changing your whole day up to be 1% better. It's just being focused and consistent. And I think that's a great example. It works with everything, guys. I went on this kick. This was a few years ago. Someone told me, look, if you tell your, you use like daily affirmations, right? And they're like, so these daily affirmations, Luke, to see how it works, I want you to say that you're going to receive checks in the mail. How ridiculous is that? Like, do I get checks in the mail? No. So I was like, I'm going to try it. So like every day for a few weeks, I was like, I'd repeat it. I'm going to receive checks in the mail. I'm going to receive checks in the mail. Well, guess what? It sub just subconsciously made me change my behavior. And I did receive checks in the mail. And then when they came, I was like, oh, wait a minute. That's crazy. So like, for example, I'd say it. And then during the day, I'd go, and this actually happened. I go, I wonder how much I'm spending on my house insurance. Like, do I have the best deal on that? And I didn't like when my, when I first signed up through my realtor, I was over that. I, I think I went and I was like, well, how much coverage do they have? And they were like, you have like a million and a half dollars worth of coverage for the like items inside your house. And I was like, I don't have that much stuff at all. <laughs> Not even half that. So changed it up and I got like a check. They prorate it like a $3,000 check in uh-huh. the mail. Just because I was like in go. tune. So I think that's super powerful, Trevor, that like you're you're tuning your brain to accept that information when it comes your way. You know, well, and after hearing that, now I'm going to add two more minutes and start saying I'm going to. Checks will arrive. In the I, I promise yeah, you it like worked. That. It was crazy. It was the craziest thing ever. Like I, I didn't as it happened, like I didn't know it. But then when I when I like opened the mailbox and got that check in the mail, I was like, wow, seriously. Like, that's yeah. awesome. Well, I think you're on to something there, Luke. I mean, it's, that's the whole point, yeah. right? It's it's the positive affirmation, the actions that you're taking five or, five or 10 minutes uh, to tell yourself something, you know, consistently like that. And then in Trevor's case, you know, 10 minutes of continuous learning. This is what I'm doing every morning. It it It's making him smarter. It's making you more educated. It's making you more aware of, of what it is that you want to achieve. And you'll just, your behaviors will change. Yeah your behaviors will adjust and you'll continue to improve. And then you're, you're reaching milestones like never before. And it becomes a habit. I think, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's at a point now where if I don't do that, something's off for the day. I didn't, I didn't get my fix of, of learning. And that's, um, I, I think it's been pretty important for me and it doesn't take too long to, to develop that habit. Um, so just, it's literally taking just a couple days to get started and you'll, you'll be on your way. Yeah, for sure. Trevor, uh, pivoting again, what, what kind of advice would you give to, um, HR leaders in healthcare on the importance of, let's say, building relationships with the other executive leaders in the organization? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. Sorry for the pause. That's a, I really love that question. I, I, I think the biggest thing and what I've found valuable, especially with, with our, with our HR leaders here. Um, and I'm going to I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say uh, it's going to sound very cliche, but I'll, I'll get to what I mean by this. But take it one day at a time. Um, in, in many cases, what I've what I've realized with HR, uh, at least some of the, the HR leaders that I've that I've worked with in the past is they have a, a daunting challenge to have to one handle. You've got uh, behavioral issues that you have to take care of. There's payroll. There's all types of things that that happen. Um, and then you have executives who have their own things that they're doing throughout the day. And, and sometimes those priorities kind of they don't always match up. I just talked about I've got three. And if it, if it isn't those three, I try to get those off. But sometimes I really have to work with with the HR leaders to, to get a certain task done. Uh, so I'd, I'd say mm-hmm. take it one day at a time, take it one person at a time and really one conversation at a time. 
Um, I, I think we've we've all struggled and I, I struggle with it often trying to take care of everything in, in one single day. And we've got 365 of those days in a, in a year to get these accomplished and that not everything happens quickly. Um, but the best quality sometimes takes really time to get that to get that done. So as we're working together, really understanding the, the true nuances of the particular executive, uh, really working one day at a time. And again, it's going back to prioritizing what we what we have to achieve. I don't know if that's necessarily just yeah. for HR leaders. I think it's for all of us. But mm-hmm. um, I think that that would be my biggest advice. That's fantastic. Thank you for sharing. That's amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Trevor, before, before we uh, end every podcast, we always give our guests however much time they want to, to promote something, to share ideas, uh, to, to do whatever, to say whatever you want to say, any type of message that you would love to get out there for the people listening, um, an opportunity to do so. So, by all means, you know, take it away. What should what should our audience know from Trevor Brand? Yes, yeah, so I'll say a, a couple of things. And again, uh, thanks to both of you for, for having me on the show. This was a, a ton of fun. Uh, uh, what I'll, I'll say is, number one, is uh, you can make the most of, of, of your life. It's all it's all in what you want to achieve from it. So go after it. Um, find what your find what your niche is, find what you're passionate about and, and attack it with a with a vengeance and just make sure that you're doing something every single day to to achieve that. Um, then on the professional side, um, obviously, I, I work at a, at a cancer hospital. Uh, so the one thing that I'll, I'll say is, is unfortunately, this this uh, really despicable disease doesn't doesn't wait on on anyone. Um, so I, I can't urge anyone enough um, to Make sure that you're getting your screenings. Um, make sure that you are uh, really doing everything you can to, to take care of, of your particular your particular body. Um, and, and just make sure, again, that uh, hug your hug your loved ones. Um, I, I see this often at, at my particular place of work that um, even an additional five minutes or additional one minute conversation with with one person you love could could mean could mean the most. Um, so that, that's what I'll, I'll leave everyone with. Again, I'll say it again. Make sure you're getting your getting your screenings. Uh, pay attention to when you're supposed to get those, and and uh, let's let's go after a healthier life. Awesome, thank you, Trevor. We appreciate that. Bone Luke Nation, you've been listening to Trevor Brand, Chief Operating Officer at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. We just want to say thank you so much for listening. We know you have options when it comes to podcasts. We appreciate you. Our gratitude is immeasurable uh, for you tuning in. That's a wrap. 